Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. Got a special guest today. Today's guest is a best-selling author of a dozen books. He's an entrepreneur. He's a fellow podcast host. And most importantly, he's a man on a mission to free a million people from financial bondage. So really interesting. We'll get into that in a second. Damien's strategy gives us individuals total control of the retirement money to invest in real estate classes like real estate. Very familiar topic to many on this show. Some other aspects that maybe we're not, we haven't talked about much are things like gold and crypto. We've done a couple of topics, but really, really focused on real estate in the past. I'm really excited to welcome Mr. Damien Lupo to the show. Welcome, man. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's kick it off with, you know, what brought you here today? How did you get here? How did you get into this world of retirement planning? Like everything, there was an elaborate plan that I started 25 years ago, and that's a complete BS lie. It was a complete accident. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah, it's sort of funny. Years ago, I have a precious metals company that sells gold and silver. And a guy came to me and said, hey, I want to buy some silver with my retirement account. And I said, that seems cool. I mean, I didn't know you could do that. And so we did. And I thought, wow, I might be able to sell some more silver if I you know, help people use their retirement accounts. Then I realized this really wasn't out there as far as an option, meaning people didn't really know that they could use retirement accounts for all sorts of alternative assets. And I say alternative sort of tongue in cheek because I think stocks and bonds, mutual funds, those are the alternative assets. What's real is the stuff that you do and the stuff that I love, which is sticks and bricks and things that people can touch and feel. And you know, the real estate stuff is so fundamental. So it was really, we got brainwashed back when the stock market people said, wait, we can actually start pushing all this crap, this paper derivative nonsense. And we've been brainwashed into it because of the 401k system for the last 50 years. So it was an accident. And then I realized there was a huge market gap. And since then, people are waking up and sharing what we're doing. And it's a really amazing thing to see thousands of people now being able to choose what they do and having a life by design and a retirement that's not some default account that's really not going to have any money when they wake up at 60 years old. Yeah, it's really powerful. I mean, I, I don't know if you have a similar history I do with starting with the 401k and the trials and tribulations and trial and error. Did you jump right into all, you know, what we'll call traditionally alternative assets? Did you jump right into that or did you start with a 401k or were you always an entrepreneur at heart and you shied away? I'm not really good at being employed in a traditional sense. Like the last time I had a job, <laughs> I was a volunteer on a political campaign and I got fired. Okay. So that tells you how great of an employee I am. And it's not because I'm a bad follower. It's because if leadership is not leading us to winning something, and I was on that political campaign, and it's the same thing in investing. If somebody's just trying to do a good job so that they look good for their boss, yeah. but they're not trying to win, I think that's failed leadership. And that's we see that in politics and everything else. So it was an interesting experience. I'm glad I did it. But ultimately, it led to where I am today, which is you know somebody that started over 60 companies and I've lost everything three different times. Like I've gone through a lot of the crap, the roller coasters, and that's where the wisdom and you know, in both of our cases, that's where the baldness comes from. In many cases, it's just you go through this process of learning because you're yeah. in the trenches, not because of a book or a seminar. And that's where the wisdom, that's where the emotional intelligence comes from. So I just kept doing it and it didn't quit. And that's the difference between me and other people when they say, wow, you're lucky. I'm like, luckily, I didn't get run over enough times to where it killed me. I just kept getting run over and kept getting up. That seems to be what separates the men from the boys, as they say, right? The ones who are consistent, persistent, and just really don't take no for an answer. So you seem to be 
tried and true thoroughbred entrepreneur. Really never, you never flipped a switch from the W2. You were that way. It seems like it was in your DNA from day one. I mean, that was the case when yeah. growing up in Alaska, when I was frustrated because I was told no. And entrepreneurs love a problem. They love to be told no. And they're like, I'm going to show you. All you got to do to an entrepreneur yeah. is just tell them no and get out of the way. And so when I was 11, my parents told us we were broke and, and didn't have any money for anything. And I wanted to play Nintendo games. So I went off and, yeah. and started a game company where I just bought and sold these things basically because I wanted to solve the problem. I wanted to play games. Yeah. That's all we do as entrepreneurs, look for problems and solve them. That's right. So let's talk about your mission. You're looking to free a million people from financial bondage. What does that mean to you? How did you get there? How did you arrive at that statement? It's pretty powerful. It's driven by the observation that people are not free. It doesn't matter how much money somebody has, they're just not free. And this came to me in a couple of different ways. And it was like ominence. It was like the messaging was coming from whether you want to call it God or the universe or whatever. It was, right. I had both people coming to me saying, Hey, we need help with our money. One couple came to me, we have $2 million. We are 50 years old. We have no idea what to do. And it was an accident, which is what most people's 401ks are. And I went, Okay. And they took my advice. They hired me for about a year and they said, We're good. And then a year after that, they were down to nothing. They literally blew through the entire thing in two years because they stopped listening and their ego took over, which is what happens with a lot of people. The other driver was watching both my parents retire broke. They followed the system. They had their 401k, government, schools, like traditional as apple pie in America. And at the end of that whole experience of 20, 30 years, 40 years working, I saw their plans and they both, my dad died basically penniless. And I saw that stuff and I go, okay, people don't have a clue. And so they did the best they could and they taught what they knew, but they didn't really know anything. And so I thought if people can become financially free, and what that means is you're not worried about money. It's not like yeah. a magic number. It's not, hey, I've got more cash flow than expenses because I can hand somebody cash flow and it doesn't mean they're financially free. They're still worried. Like, how do I do this? How do we create it? The freedom is in the confidence to actually do the thing. And so the million people being financially free means a million people that have the confidence to create. You take it all away from them, they're going to go create it again. And that's the big difference between all the Susie Ormans, the Dave Ramseys. They're not teaching anybody how to do anything except for being debt-free and afraid. And that's not a good way to freedom at all. So you nailed my next question, which what does that mean to you? And you answer that in spades. Why a million people? You know, you might say, why not focus on 10,000 new quality over quantity? Why a million? I mean, how do you create scale? To, that's a huge number. How do you create scale to reach that many people in a quality manner? When you think about the starfish story, about the one starfish that you pick up on the beach of a thousand starfish, and you know that a lot of them are going to die, it matters to every one that you pick up. And as you do that, there's a ripple effect from that one turning into two, into five, into 10. And there's this exponential growth because of the impact and the, you know, what happens from that one starfish to the next, the one person to the next. The reason the million is because I think when we take money out of the equation, meaning when people aren't afraid of money, they calm down. And when they calm down, there's less violence. And if there's less violence, we have more peace. And the peace is what we need. We have so much conflict and so much violence. This is like my peace mission. And it's sort of a strange way. I'm not going to go out there and do what Martin Luther King Jr. did or some. I have a different form and it's, it's yeah, called yeah. getting people out of that friction of finance. And so a million people has the ability to impact the world and, and create more peace. And if it's one or two, it's not going to change the world. A million has the ability to because the average person has the impact on four to 600 people. Yeah. So you think about a million, you're talking about pushing towards a billion and a billion, that's one eighth of the planet. And so there is a ripple effect that this is my way to do it. I love that. It's interesting to connect, you know, the freedom and, you know, not just remove the stress out of the world with peace. And that's not something you often think about. So I like that connection. So let's shift gears a little bit to your methodology, what we, you call EQRP. Tell us about that. How did you come to that? Was it trial and error? Was it a eureka moment at three o'clock in the morning? What does that look like? 
I think the eureka moment was at three o'clock in the morning when I was reading tax code, which is really oh crazy. And you know, most people, they would put them to sleep. To me, it got me all excited. Got I woke up thinking that. about, yeah, right. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. for normal humans and not aliens like me, it, it would put you to sleep. And I was reading it and studying it and trying to figure out how do we give people better options? Because the tax code is set up with all these options that we don't even realize unless we, you know, we, we bump into them from a friend because mainstream stuff is basically keeps people mainstream and broke and afraid. So how did EQRP come up? It was that solution that I was trying to figure out. So the solution was giving people and businesses the ability to control their money and their assets inside their retirement accounts and then figuring out all the things that were an option from ERISA back in the 70s. So when this thing, when 401ks and IRAs were created, they were created with this like, oh, you can do all these things. And what did Wall Street do? They said, ah, let's trap people inside of mutual funds and that way we can make all the money. So Wall Street has been feeding off the population for half a century. And I said, okay, well, there's got to be a way to pull people out of the matrix. So the EQRP is like the red pill. It's saying, okay, here, here's an actual choice. All that IRA, all that 401k money that you have, or you're trying to figure out how to save or create a retirement. The options are almost anything you can imagine, whether it's the, you know, the real estate or crypto or gold or startups or whatever. It's not just GM stock or you know Amazon or whatever. It's all these things. This was set up to give people actual control, individuals, business owners, people that have 100 employees. And it's the only one of its kind in the country. There's a lot of other things like self-directed IRAs or solo 401ks, and those are different things. They don't give you all the actual power and control and the ability to grow. None of them do, not a single one of them. And it's fascinating to me, Andrew, that so many people that are out there that are in the retirement space would like to claim that their thing is like every other thing. And it's because they're not creative and they don't have a single bone of ingenuity. They just have a, it's like, they're like Xerox machines. They just copy and say, look, it's the same thing. And the reality is this is something pretty special. And the people that have it will tell you it's not only a special product, but it's a special tribe and a special culture because that's what this is all about. It's the culture of the people that are on this journey and they're part of the Badger tribe. And that's what we are, the Badger tribe. I like that. So I think most listening, including myself, very familiar with the self-director IRA, maybe give us some pros and cons or contrast to your product you're offering. What's the difference? And you mentioned, yeah, we've got wider access to different things, asset classes. What does that look like? Well, IRAs are interesting, but they're really limited. You have a custodian that tells mm -hmm. you what you can and can't do. And you have a custodian that has to legally be in the middle of your deals. You cannot Correct. have actual command and control. And it used to be where people said, oh, I have a checkbook, I've got an IRA, I'm in control. And the reality is that was never allowed. And the tax courts banned it last November. And so people are still doing it illegally, which means if you get caught, you get your IRA distributed and taxed and penalized. So big difference with an EQRP, you have the ability, not just potentially, but 100% legally black and white to control it, where you are the trustee, meaning you're in charge, you have the checkbook, you can invest how you want to. Your employees, if you have employees, can invest how they want to. So an IRA is not really that much control. And if you do real estate, like we love doing yeah. it, if you do real estate and it has any type of debt inside of an IRA, you're going to get hammered with UBIT tax in almost every situation. So that's terrible, except what you learn is that with an EQRP, it's exempt from that particular UBIT tax from the leverage. So they're night and day. These are not the same things. People, there's a confusion in the marketplace because quite frankly, there's a lot of con artists, con artists and charlatans that are out there saying, oh, it's all the same thing. And oh, don't worry about UBIT tax and all these things. And I look at them and I go, so you're going to write the check for all these taxes when people get hammered with it? Like you custodian that say, don't worry about it. You're not writing the check. And so it's really about educating people and, and people saying, okay, what's the truth? And not somebody's opinion. Like when I wrote the QRP book a dozen years ago, I wrote it with a tax attorney. 
meaning it actually is based on the tax code, not my fairy tale that's in some book and this, you know, turned into some parable. It's actually the facts that's in an English version, meaning you can read it. It's not some confusing technical thing that only an attorney could read. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think some of the pain points that are burned in my brain from investing in real estate, multifamily real estate specifically with using a self-direct IRA is it's very, it seems very bureaucratic. It takes a while, lots of forms. They make you jump through hoops. If one little thing is wrong in a form, it just seems to add weeks to the process. And, you know, how does that compare when you have your own control using a QRP type product? Is it faster? Is it more efficient? What are the watchouts? You know, what should someone look for using that system? It's a great question. Everything is faster. Everything's more efficient because you have control of the money. So if you want to invest, there's a deal. Like when a deal is hot, it's like everybody knows it's hot and it's yeah. it filled, it gets sold, it gets closed, it's done. Right. You can't wait three, four, five, six weeks for a custodian or somebody that's got a bureaucratic system yeah. to make you go through the maze. With an EQRP, you write the check or you wire the funds, you commit, you're done. You can do it the same day. Wow. You can do it within minutes. Man. So it's ultimately efficient. It's fast. It's simple. And what's the downside? You're in control of your money. So if you're reckless, you're probably going to end up losing your money. Yeah. So this is not meant for people that are daredevils and they want to do everything and ride the line and play gray. It's probably a bad idea because you'll end up getting blown to pieces. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that anybody investing in any asset class in any mechanism should be sophisticated or accredited or ideally both, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with that. So you know, let's get into the asset classes. You've done a mixture of things, gold and silver and real estate. What's your favorite and why? What's my favorite? I learned something from everything that I do. And so sometimes I like I remember my original, my first investment in the stock market was this thing called Instant Printer. And I was a tip from a friend and I said, cool, I took all the money I saved up in high school. I sold my car, all this stuff. <laughs> you went all in. I went all in. I was like, this is amazing. And of course, the first week I had it, it went up and I thought I'm a genius. And I was, you know, I was, I was 18. I just yeah. opened up my account. And within 12 months, I lost 97% of it. So basically everything went away. And so I was like, okay, so that was interesting. And so it's very Buddhist. I'm very detached. I'm very open to investments. I don't get attached. I'm open to an investment proving that it's not a pile of crap. Because as a professional investor, the way I look at everything is this is a bad deal until it proves itself otherwise. And anybody that doesn't do that is going to lose their money because you'll end up falling in love with the story instead of saying, okay, prove to me. You have to be a skeptic. Investors that make a lot of money and do really well are skeptical first and then they go, okay, great team, skin in the game. They've got an exit. Really, they've got two exits. Like there's all these things. So what do I love? I love things that have multiple exits that are tried and true. Yeah. And then I, of course I have a little pile for things that are completely out there. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is going to do or what, and it's probably going to go to zero. But the reality is I've got this pile that's not going to change my life if it goes to zero. And it's a professional and sophisticated way of looking at things versus I'm going all in on whatever the hot thing of the day is. Yeah. So I got to ask, what's your stance on crypto? You know, it's been a rough year for investors there. Do you place that into the tried and true bucket or is it more speculative? I look at that as an emerging technology that's going to change money and finance globally. It's a matter of time. There's a phase that we go through. I've been through either five or six winters in crypto. So I've been in this space for years. And it's funny to say that because it's only been like seven years. And yet here we are. And it's like, I'm an old man. I'm an OG in this space, but not really. I'm just... When when you've gone through, when you've lost everything, and I've done that three times, when you've gone through winters where things have dropped 80, 90%, you just sat there, you start disconnecting from the ups and the downs. The reason that I love crypto is because it takes control and power away from centralized institutions and people and puts it in other people's hands, disrupts finance, insurance, accounting, legal, all that stuff. And it makes it honest. 
I love anything that's going to do that. So that's why I love it. It's could we all become super rich from crypto investment or speculation? Maybe. What's going to happen though is it's going to create a more fair environment for humans. That's what makes me so happy about it and why I have so much enthusiasm. Plus, I'm going to vote for Bitcoin over the US dollar because I trust Bitcoin. I don't really want to go play games and, and support the Fed and Congress with all their crap. I'd rather go outside that system and support truth and math. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. So when I go back, as we kind of round to the end of the show, you mentioned, hey, lost everything multiple times. You started dozens of companies. You had to leave listeners and potential or potential or current investors of one tip. What would it be from all those years of learnings? When you lose, it doesn't mean you're dead. And I think a lot of people are so afraid that they're going to be eaten by their mistakes. And I mean, this is coming out of the mouth of a guy that used to dodge polar bears for a living when I worked in the Arctic Circle. I could have been eaten at my job if I made a mistake. I've never interpretation. Made, I mean, nobody <laughs> yeah. else that I know has ever said, yeah, me too. I could have been eaten. And you know, I've been on safari in Africa and things. So I guess some of those guys probably could have been eaten by the lion if they were stupid, but they were like lion whisperers. So I've been there. And most people think that they're going to be eaten by something. If I make a mistake, if I lose money, if I pick the wrong job, the one thing that might eat you if you pick the wrong spouse, I mean, ask Johnny Depp, it might actually eat you. But <laughs> beyond that, man, investing and going out there and taking risks, like the biggest risk is not taking a risk. That's when you yeah, wake up yeah. one day with regret. That's the ultimate failure. Failing is not failure. Failing is growing and learning if you learn from the thing. The stupid part is when somebody goes out and says, I'm going to do the thing. They have an experience and then they go have the same experience over and over. That's just called insanity. So what I would say to everybody, you know, wrapping up with this is, your best and most hopeful days are going to be the ones where you fall on your face and you go, wow, what did I just learn? And it'll inspire you and you'll disconnect from the outcome and it'll give you a path to where you can actually create whatever life you want. I love that. I actually wrote that quote down. The biggest, For the tagline for this show, be the biggest risk is actually not taking the risk at all. So that's awesome. Thanks for breaking all this knowledge off today and sharing your decades of wisdom with us. How can listeners get in touch with you and learn more about yourself and your QRP methodology? Best thing to do is visit eqrp.co. You can get a copy of the book. You can learn more about it. eqrp.co is the website. So it's really everything that you might want to learn about and finding me. And I mean, I'm all over the place. I'm in places I didn't even know about. Somebody just said, I saw a video of you here. And I said, I don't remember yeah. ever being there. I know the feeling. I'm starting to get to that point <laughs> so myself. Like, wow. Okay. But yeah, just visit the website and learn more. eqrp.co. And love to send a copy of the book to you. It's on me. Not even a shipping charge. Awesome. Check it out. Take them up on that. Thanks so much for joining, man. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.